the Grey Hat Beard podcast. Hello and welcome to part two of Grey Hat Beard, the Modern Workplace Conference. If you haven't listened to part one, do go back and give it a listen where we talked about all the news and managed to talk about the Consumer Electronics Show without talking about any devices that much. In part two, we're going to be talking about when and why you should use a third party product with Microsoft 365. I'm sure some of you listening have gone out, purchased Microsoft 365 for your organisation, you've got all your licences, and then someone's trying to come along and persuade you that actually you need something else, that you need to spend more money on top of that. Uh, and you're sitting there thinking, no, no, I don't believe you. I, I, I'm just going to migrate things by hand. That's all I need to do. No, the governance of it is all easy. I can do that out of the box just by chatting to people and things like that. And you, you've probably seen there's so many products available out there that are all vying for your attention. Uh, and you, you're just not quite sure why you should do it. Why shouldn't you just try and do things yourself, try and make the most of the licenses? Now, we have with us as our guest, Michael uh, Bisarik uh, from Orchestry, a third-party product that is one of those people trying to get uh, get some, some of your attention. And I, I'm going to play the cynical person who's probably holding onto the purse strings and going, why on earth have I got to spend more money on something else when I've just given Microsoft a, a shed load of cash? Uh, well, I mean, I think there's a there's multiple different ways to answer that question, but I think you know in terms of what Orchestry does, but I think in general for third-party products, there's a lot of stuff that M365 does extremely well. Um, but being such a broad platform, there's also a lot of gaps which you might want to fill in. And you know what we encourage our customers and even potential customers to do is there's definitely a lot of open source solutions out there. You know, especially with the SharePoint community and the M365 community being as strong as it is. I think there's a ton of really good stuff that you might want to look at, um, which is essentially free. So some of the Microsoft app template stuff, like I've been looking at that, mm. that, stuff's, that stuff's amazing. Like it's, that's unbelievable that that's all free and you can just go in and go, go and install it. Um, but I think there's also a lot of capabilities that you might need above and beyond. You know, M365 is not going to do everything. I think it's, it's the sort of platform that does so much and it does a lot of it really, really well. Uh, but there's obviously some 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 gaps there, and that's really where you know us as third-party vendors are really trying to either fill in those gaps or um, you know accelerate uh, some of the capabilities that maybe Microsoft hasn't hasn't developed for the for the platform yet. Also, um, and I think it's always been the case. I mean, you know, M365 is a platform like Salesforce and um, like the iPhone. It's the same thing. If you were going to ask, you know, hey, I've just purchased this iPhone, why do I need to go and download additional apps surely there's buy anything a plug that, I, for it. that i need here yeah, or buy yet another <laughs> converter for it um i th i think it's the same thing right there's just there's so many things that people are trying to do with microsoft 365 that there's always going to be a, a gap there but just be careful right with what you're buying and why you're buying it for um i think there's you know there's a lot of vendors out there which are trying to make money and unfortunately i think some of the stuff that is being built there Really, especially in M365, I don't know what you guys hear. It really is just a nicer way to maybe show some of the out-of-the-box capabilities that this tool does already, but maybe surfacing it, it, it a little bit easier. And I, I'm really yeah. passionate that I think third-party vendors need to be a little bit more innovative than than that. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I would say. What, what, what do you guys no, think? I think 
I think that's true. You, you, know, you touched on the community and there's so many community tools and things out there. And that's fantastic. If you want to have a team of people who will be dedicated to keeping these things running and being able to continually see the updates and get the latest things from that. And if you have a team of developers and IT pros who can manage that, uh, listen to what the users want to make all those things happen, you, you can do it yourself. Uh, absolutely. But I, I, I think uh, and I always hate blowing smoke up people's ass too much, but uh, the, the reason I'm looking at orchestry is because we started to look at building this for some clients to build that governance processes and things. And there are times you look at it, the amount of effort, and then look at the cost of bringing in some something else that can do it. And you've got to consider what the, the different factors are, plus the, that ability not just to build it up front, but to keep it going all that time as well. Uh, and, and making sure you consider those bits, I think, are absolutely true. Uh, and I think you're also right that it's it's also easy to buy some big names uh, and I'm, I'm not going to name any of them, but there are some big names out there uh, that have some great marketing budgets uh, and, and many of them have great tools. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they, they have awful tools, but people tend to gravitate towards them because of because of those names and what they've heard and because it's easier to do. So making sure you understand what you want from it, making sure you're buying the elements that you need, not just buying a massive tool that you're never actually going to use uh, effectively in there is, is one of those things you do need to consider. And there's so many there's so many tools out there which do a broad level set of capabilities. Like orchestry is obviously a provisioning solution, right? That's provisioning and governance and, and, and adoption. That's pretty broad. Don't have your developers in-house working on those types of solutions where you might be able to buy at a reasonable cost, where you can have them working on very specific high-value things which are specific to your business mm. or to your organization, right? That That's what I would say. Use, you know, use uh, your dev team and your and your engineering team to create specific pieces within your organization that are not going to be bought third party because it can be very specific to a business process or or, or something that's super in innovative um, and that's i think another huge reason right and plus you know some of the stuff building provisioning solutions i can tell you right now is not fun um at all um it's not an enjoyable thing please so tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not the most enjoyable thing to uh to, to to build it's obviously highly useful but have your developers do specific things for your organization which you're not going to be able to buy I think it's I think the key thing is actually working out where the gaps are, working out what you actually need. You know, so a lot of a lot of the time you'll look at things and you go, actually, you know, my, maybe I'm in a, a highly regulated industry. I need more compliance. I need to be able to lock things down and actually looking at the platform. Yes, it'll do all of those things, but there's an awful lot more to manage. There's an awful lot more to understand. And a lot of organizations, I mean, as a consultancy, we naturally go into organizations who don't have all the skills and the capacity to actually manage and understand a platform up front so therefore they're coming to us to say you know can you fill this gap that might be a short-term gap it may be a long-term gap and it's really for an organization to work out where that gap is and what they need it to be filled if they can buy a product which is going to cost them 10 percent over the cost of its lifetime as actually investing, testing, rolling out changes, that cost of ownership of something, then it's going to be much more cost effective. And I think that's where a lot of organisations don't necessarily take into account the long term cost of ownership of a solution. And, and that's really, and, and really working important. out 
because if you're buying a product, you see that cost, you see that line item there straight away. If you've got a load of people there doing things already, you don't yeah. always consider what the cost of them is, of working out the requirements, of going out to speak to users. You don't always factor in that additional yeah. cost of things. So it's it, it's working out. And I, I feel like when I introduced this, so that I was kind of going in fairly heavy on third party people. Um, uh, that, that's actually not my view. My view is more often to buy things um, than, than building themselves. Look for what is available out there because they've been through that pain. You can go and look at a community solution that covers that simple example. Third parties will often have been through all the painful bits that don't work with that as well. Yeah. I think uh, you... I, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say on, on the back of that, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we've, you've talked about the provisioning and how painful it can be. That's a perfect example, right? You're dealing with potentially multiple APIs in SharePoint, in Graph. They, they Sometimes they don't work consistently. You have to handle those inconsistencies. Um, some things that are very simple on, on the face of it actually can cause a lot of pain, but it all has to be handled. Um, and, you know, uh, like going back to provisioning, provisioning is a, it's a fairly generic process, right? It's like, I want something with, with, with a little, with some default set, right? And it sounds easy, but it, it can be quite painful. And I think, you know, by using a third party that's gone through that pain, you know, you're, you're you're getting there much much faster, right? Uh, than than what you would do internally and having to go through those those uh, issues yourself and then find them um, and fix them as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could design and build your own CRM system. Very few people would. They would go to somebody who's actually been through the pain and invested the time. And it's the same thing. You've got a need, but somebody else has already done it. And as you say, I mean, provisioning it's easy, isn't it? It's one line of PowerShell. Yeah, great, that was, great, <laughs> great site. That's you know, yeah. surely, surely team dot team copy is is the one. No, really? I mean, I think, I think, I think you bring up an interesting point in terms of long term co cost of ownership, and I think a lot of organisations don't understand that because you know we're building on top of a platform, you know, so mm. it's not like we have direct access to to a lot of the things, and that's I think what makes Microsoft three six five for me really fascinating but also extremely challenging right and extremely challenging because once again you're trying to do this dance particularly as a third-party product of are we building something that hopefully microsoft's not going to build within a year or two you know and i think everyone's been through the internet in the box space where that huge kind of shift happened and then now all of a sudden there all the stuff's there and you know there's a completely different mood so trying to understand where where microsoft is going but also trying to keep this thing up you know that's the bigger thing where Microsoft is changing, APIs are changing. I mean, I can tell you right now, we would probably do, I think, Gary, you mentioned this, I think it's close to five, I think it's like five to 600 calls, graph calls per provisioning job. Probably yeah, run, I think, I think, I think over, over a day, maybe between five to 700. And, uh, and how much of that calls. is, it's just, I've sent a request, I'm now waiting for any... Yeah response whether that is just yes i'm still working on it or oh no yeah. i've fallen over and you need to do something else and it, that's the thing isn't it it's like you know coming from this the on-premises world of you know being on sharepoint and oh we'll just change this configuration because it's fine you know you don't have that option yeah. anymore you've got to you've got to 
play with this remote server over the internet and all the different connections, all the potential things that can go wrong and, mm. and handle that as well. And that is no mean feat, um, you know, and, and, and like you say, you have to have the scale for that, right? You're a software as a service. You're not just serving just one customer. It's it's multiple customers as well. Um, so, and, and yeah. that different scenarios of things that could go wrong, it's, it will happen with your, your own organization in some way other organizations will hit all those different scenarios so you're you're buying that experience as well but you're also buy you're also buying other organizations innovation yeah other, yeah other organizations ideas needs the solutions that are being provisioned by the the platform i'm getting mixed up with words now provisioned <laughs> uh, but you know the a product is going to have all of those those innovations in it so you you're benefiting from all of that rather than just you know your basic needs so it's there's a lot of benefits to it i mean having led the design team for for software as a service i know how much it is a challenge to actually you know take those requirements from loads of different clients and actually pull them together into something that's configurable that's mm. not easy at all um, but when it works it really really works well I wanted to pick up on something, Michael, you, you were talking about uh, when Microsoft come in and may suddenly start offering something there. I, I mean, it, it feels like a bit of a roller coaster ride with Microsoft being very supportive of partners and uh, sort of saying, excellent, yet yeah, we were, uh, you know, analytics is a great example where they provide some very base analytics, but they rely on third parties to go uh, beyond that uh, on there. But I, I don't want to put you on the spot too much but what what's been your experience in terms of when microsoft screw people over where versus where they're not it seems generally at the moment they've they've been pretty good uh with the probably poor example of nintex workflow and the power platform otherwise they've been quite nice to people more recently no i mean we've so I, you know, before Orchestria had Bonsai, obviously, so we were one of the first intranet in a box vendor. So we, we rode that wave pretty hard. You know, I think we got in at a really good time and I think we got out at a really good time, you know, especially <laughs> when, um, you know, I, I sat down with Microsoft and they said, well, here's the roadmap for the next couple of years. And I'm just like, OK, well, this is going to be really challenging to to any vendor within within this space. Um unless you're really innovating right through. So um, Microsoft, I think, is generally pretty pretty supportive, but you have to know, right, if they see a good idea and if they see all of a sudden 500 companies doing the same thing, they're yeah. going to realize that, hey, you know, this is something that we should have within our within our product and start to concentrate concentrate around that. Sure, that happened with the with the with the power platform that obviously happened more on the intranet publishing side. Um, you know, I wonder where their, their next kind of plan of attack is. But once Microsoft points, you know, that battleship at a particular problem, um, then, like I said, it's 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 interesting as a third party vendor. You really have to, I think, innovate yourself into a position where, you know, this product is still going to be useful and, 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 and valuable. Um, but for us, we've had great experiences working with, with Microsoft, particularly with the Teams team. I think they've got a little bit of a different philosophy. They really see Teams as, you know, as a, a platform, platform yeah. for development. Exactly. But then again, 10 years ago, we also said the same thing about SharePoint. Remember that SharePoint <laughs> 2007 was SharePoint a platform. was going to do everything. <laughs> exactly. It was going to be a platform. It still is. They're just calling it Teams also. now. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's still there. It's still underpinning pretty much everything. Uh, exactly. It's still, yeah. It's it's funny how it's just SharePoint, just kind of like it's the it's the old old guy in it that just keeps going. It's just everyone else is keep you know keeps getting the limelight. Like Teams, uh, I I was a bit, I I saw this quote and said Teams is just a chat client for SharePoint. I no. love that line. <laughs> I just, every time I look at Teams, I always think that, and I'm just thinking, yeah, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I think, but I think one of the things, as you as you rightly say, Michael, you know, innovation is absolutely key to to any third party. And as the purchaser of a, a third party solution, you know, you're responsible for staying on top of what your needs are, and they don't stay the same. You know, we always say that it's going to evolve. Microsoft 365 is constantly evolving. Your need for third party tools is also going to evolve as the platform changes. So. You know, it's it goes on both sides that, you know, you can stick with some of the the big names that you were alluding to, Kevin, in terms of, you know, what they may have been doing since 2010. They might still be doing very similar things. A lot of organisations haven't moved from there, but organisations that are moving and evolving with the technology and wanting to make the most out of, you know, the licensing that they've got in Microsoft 365 will find vendors that they can they they match what that license is going to give you know they are complementary to those licenses and making you get more out of it rather than actually replacing what you already get so and it's in, it's important for purchasers to think in that way as well sorry guys just before we go on i i didn't realize i got a meeting at one here so i got to jump off in about a minute unfortunately <laughs> i know we so, i know we went off a little bit over time here <laughs> so one one quick question um how how do people find out what's out there so i think there's a number so definitely through the teams app store i think there's a is a really good example of of what exactly is out there the other thing what i'd also say is um you know look at what people are doing out there within the community and their past experience as well like there's a lot of third-party products out there where you know maybe uh they haven't put as much money or as much effort into the marketing or some of those other pieces and a lot of those products are great but also a lot of those products aren't particularly great either um so i would definitely say you know look look at the people behind the company see what they're they're doing see the innovation in the end you need people who know what they're talking about it's it's different than just creating some random startup, you know, and not really knowing about the technology and just saying, I've got this great idea, I'm gonna outsource it somewhere and then just just push this. I think on top of M365, because it is more that business to business play, you really need, I think, people who have that experience and, and that passion for what they're for what they're doing. So the Teams App Store, see what community events are there, see what kind of companies are sponsoring those also. Um, and I think you'd absolutely. Be in, in good and, and go and chat though when you're at conferences, especially in this virtual world. Go and chat to some of those sponsors. Uh, they're going to be bored there uh, in many cases. So go and talk, and they'll, they'll happily share and get a good feel for places there. I think. Okay. Awesome. I I think given that we we'll probably try and wrap up fairly quickly, but um, thank you very much then, Michael, for for sharing your interests uh, and. Uh, you know thoughts around what it is being like being on the other side uh, and for giving us a bit of your time again awesome thanks so much for having me guys otherwise and uh, yeah we'll wrap up there thank you very much everyone and uh, we'll see you again in a couple of weeks time bye thanks everyone stay safe thanks for listening to grey hat beard podcast the song drink up my mateys was brought to you by black bones under a non-commercial attribution license